Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the ego-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I am Lauren Debick, and I am thrilled to be here today with my mom. Hi, this is Glenda. I'm here with Lauren, and we're here to talk about our wonderful experience being forest therapy guides. That is right. Today's episode is all about confidently connecting with nature. My mom and I recently have become certified forest therapy guides. So in today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about what that means, but also how we started this journey and how we really got involved with connecting with nature and how we want to help other people do the same thing. So with that, mom, when did you know that you first really enjoyed being outside and in nature? Probably from the time I was a small child, um, I grew up on Lake Erie, and we, um, we spent a lot of time at the beach. We also spent a lot of time in nature. When I went to visit my relatives, most of them lived out in the country where we lived in the inner city of Cleveland, Ohio. And I really enjoyed the fresh air, the, the trees, the flowers, the animals and just kind of being by myself out in nature was uh, just a wonderful experience for me. And as you got older and you started to grow up, did you stay connected to nature? Oh yes, more and more so. I spent a lot of time on the beaches of Lake Erie, which really in those days, it was, um, it was beautiful to sit and watch the water and there were boats. We, we lived close to the boat docks and to the piers and the beach. And I spent a lot of my time sitting on the piers, just looking out over the lake. They also had a lot of trees in, around the area. So it was nice for me to sit. It was peaceful and listen to the birds and to the water. And it just brought me inner peace. That's awesome. So my my memories of being outside and spending time in nature are similar. I remember it from a young age and when we were growing up, we had the cabin in Pennsylvania. So we would spend, it seemed like a lot of time in my, my childhood memory. Yes. Spent a lot of time up, up, up there and at the cabin, outside, going for hikes, going for walks, seeing the different animals that were in the forest that was very different than living in the suburbs of Cleveland. But then also when growing up, the Metro Park system in Cleveland is mm-hmm. so expansive and so amazing. And some of my most formative memories are getting Papa Joe's subs and yes. going to the park and feeding the ducks, eating and being around the water. So it took me a long time to realize not everyone grew up like that. Yes. That, you know, that was our childhood and I'm so grateful for it, but not everyone grows up spending time outside or having that opportunity to appreciate the outdoors. So thank you, first You're of welcome. all, <laughs> for, 
for doing that for me, me and my brother Ronnie. And as I started to get older and grow up, nature and being outside was still something that was integral to my life. Um, so much so that once I was figuring out what I was going to do after college, I knew I wanted to spend time near the oceans and near warmer water and warmer weather. So that's when I moved to Florida and I wanted to be able to spend more time outside. I've been so appreciative of the fact that I can go paddleboarding, kayaking year round, even though it gets a little cool down here, it's certainly not as cold as it gets oh, yeah. up mm -hmm. in Ohio. So I think for both of us, being outside has remained such an important part of our lives. And for me personally, a few years ago, I really focused in on how my love for spending time outside and connecting with nature tied back to sustainable and eco-friendly behaviors. And that's when I started the Mermaids and Monoblog. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a few years. And I think the pandemic really caused a shift in how yes. people relate with the natural world. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yes, definitely. So I'm a registered nurse here in uh, Florida and was working in home health when the pandemic hit. And we um, had serious concerns regarding our patients and our nurses because we um, were were faced with um, problems with not having masks and gloves to take care of everyone and keep everyone safe to the point where we actually went and um, got HEPA filters from the vacuum cleaner places and made our own masks so that our patients and our nurses were going to be safe. It was a time where we did not know what was going on. You know, we were running out of toilet paper. We were running out of resources. And it was very scary at that time. And over the last couple of years, there has been a huge shift in what I think people value in their lives and what maybe their goals are coming so, clo so close to either knowing someone who has passed because of complications of COVID or for me working in the hospital later on actually a lot of the home care companies closed down because they didn't have the staff to go out to people's homes for fear of them getting covid so i worked in the hospital as a case manager on a covid unit and it was very scary and it was very very real and being cooped up in the hospitals with the masks the gowns the whole garb it was very important for me to take time for myself out in the fresh air, even if it was just standing outside my home, going home, getting a shower, and just grounding myself in the grass and standing and letting just the fresh air enter my lungs and know that nature was, was always going to be there, that I could always find myself in that place as I always had in my lifetime during difficult times. It seems like I'm always turning back to the solitude and the peacefulness and the health benefits of being out in the fresh air, specifically being in the fresh air around plants and trees. Absolutely. And I also worked in healthcare during the pandemic. Similar situation while the rest of the, the world seemed to shut down and get cut off from one another, we, we were in the thick of it. And it, it didn't stop for us. So one of my ways of coping during that time was also 
running more, walking more, spending time on the water. During that time also, I was pursuing getting certified in life coaching because I wanted to help people reach their goals. So we've now come to a point a few years later where all of these different pieces have started to gel and come together. Recently, this year, my mom and I attended a retreat in Murrayville, Tennessee, where we became certified forest therapy guides. I saw the information on this and it, it seemed like a perfect fit for me because it was tying love of nature and wanting to help people reach their goals, heal that coaching aspect all into one. So I sent the information to, to my mom and I said, hey, do you want to go check this out? And she's awesome and said, yeah, let's do it without even blinking an eye. So we went up to Tennessee for about five days. Can you talk about just your experience yes. back in April? <laughs> so for me, <clears throat> from my point of view of uh, forced therapy, this is very new uh, in our um, society, in our country. In Japan, it started back in the 80s because of the national health crisis that um, they were having in Japan. And we were going through a health crisis as well. So for me, I was very intrigued by the thought of um, not only the psychological benefits of being out in nature and the calming benefits and, in, you know, being away from all the call lights and, and, and sick patients and stressed out physicians and stressed out uh, staff and everybody coming together and helping each other. I was intrigued by it never heard of it. Lauren never heard of it. We were just like, this sounds like something that we really want to do once we investigated. And for me, looking at it from a um, healthcare provider point of view, as we'll talk about in this podcast, there's so many other benefits that we get from, from plants and trees. And being out in nature for five days, um, for me, I was a little bit, well, we didn't know what we were going into. We didn't know where we were staying. We just knew that this was something we felt drawn to do. And it was probably one of the best experiences that uh, Lauren and I have had together. Um, we stayed in a yurt, which was amazing, and ate food that was healthy and plant-based. And at the time, I was recovering from a stomach illness that I was having to deal with. And so I, even though I was nervous about going, I was so happy that we had this experience together on so many levels that we'll discuss. Yes, and for me, just being able to, to try something new and to follow that, that little glimmer of, you know, I don't know what this is, but it feels like it could be something that could be good for, for us. And not only to be able to help others, but to help myself also. So find ways to cope with stress, with anxiety, and how nature can facilitate that therapy and that healing experience. So it, it was amazing. We had a wonderful time and we came back and we want to share a little bit with everyone else about how you guys can use the power of nature to, to really unplug, to connect, to reduce your stress, to reduce your anxiety. The practice started in the 1980s in Japan when People in the country were having higher levels of depression and anxiety, and it, they could correlate it back to people spending more time working inside, working in offices under fluorescent light. So there was a real push to get individuals outside and among green spaces to receive sunlight, breathe in the fresh air, 
And the practice became known as Shinrin-yoku, which roughly translates to bathing among the trees. So today it's referred to as forced bathing. And that doesn't mean you go swimming in the trees or put on um, <laughs> a swimsuit, but really just positioning yourself in nature, in the forest, anywhere in the natural world, because the plants, the trees, they do give off something called phytoncides, which helps protect their immune system. But in turn, as humans, when we breathe that in, it helps protect our immune system as well. So that is one of the physical benefits of being outside and spending time in nature, that it really does build up your immune system. But there's a host of other benefits as well. Yes, and one of them is based on a study done by a physician named Dr. Queen Q. I-N-G Lee L-I and he is a physician in Japan who actually studies the different oils that are emitted by the trees that helps protect them. It gives them their own immunity to disease and to viruses and fungus and different things and when we are in the forest not only do we benefit from the oxygen that is produced by the plants we also benefit from these oils that are emitted from the trees he has been studying each specific tree and each oil that is shown to fight cancer cells shown to reduce stress and anxiety and in his study, it is shown that Americans pay $210 billion a year on um, medications in different ways to reduce stress and depression and anxiety. The World Health Organization calls stress the high health ep epidemic of the 21st century. And so they are trying to find ways to reduce stress and anxiety. And taking this course, uh, we were able to learn the wonderful benefits of forest therapy, including it reduces blood pressure, it lowers stress, improves cardiovascular and metabolic health, lowers sugar levels, improves concentration and memory, it lifts depression, it improves pain and our pain threshold, it improves our energy, and it boosts our immune system in so many ways that um, holistically we are not even aware of that we need to learn more about so that we can uh, benefit more from this therapy. It also increases anti-cancer protein production and it also helps in other areas where people have suffered from trauma or if the studies have shown that autistic children or people with autism period have benefited from this practice of forest therapy. And Lauren and I can discuss too, we, can, we had a four hour session where we had to go and do forest therapy to get certified. And maybe we can talk about our experience with that as well. And to take it even a step further, in addition to those physical benefits, there are also various emotional and mental benefits to this. So one of the things that I really like to focus on for the connection with forest therapy is it provides people a safe space to practice mindfulness. And mindfulness and living in the present moment can help with so many things. It can increase self-awareness, it can promote creativity, for someone who likes to write and do creative projects like podcasts like this and create different content, 
being able to get in that space of flow where I can be creative is so important to me. So that's one of the ways that I've personally been able to connect with nature and to harness the power of it is by using nature to increase my creativity. Yes, and I agree with that. I feel also that spending time in the forest and we are surrounded by all kinds of springs and different forests and parks here. It's it's very easy to to find somewhere to take a walk, even on our lunch breaks, even if it's walking out in a parking lot, they're surrounded by trees. And part of the forest therapy um, certification training we had was doing something called finding a sit spot. And that would be a place to sit. And just to reflect on, as Lauren was saying, her creativity and journaling. I like to listen to music. I like to listen to sound bowls. I just actually got certified to be a sound bowl healing therapist. And just the sounds of sound bowls and just the sounds of nature. For me, I use my sense of sound and smell and just kind of sit in my sit spot and kind of listen to my own intuition and see what see what messages or guidance that I may be seeking um, comes to me while I'm sitting in that place of quiet and maybe um, I have things on my mind that I don't know which direction to go in. That helps me to calm my mind enough to think it through and be able to um, to think a little bit clearer and to act on whatever it is I'm thinking about in a more positive way. Can you talk a little more about how you have personally been helped or changed since becoming a certified guide? Yes. So one of our goals was to have a wellness retreat. And we were able to um, actually say, let's do this. And we did it. And we did it at a beautiful spring in Ocala, Florida called uh, Silver Springs. We had a beautiful room. And, and I was very much surprised at how many people wanted to do the indoor um, version of the force therapy, which I was interested in working in healthcare with people who are more isolated, especially since COVID. Um, people that have had therapy and haven't been able to get out or aren't able to physically walk into the forest. Lauren was able to take a group into the forest where I had requests for people to have the indoor version of it. And it it was very um, surprising to me, but I was also very happy about it because that is was one of my goals that, that led me into doing this, is to help people that are shut in and are dealing with anxiety and depression. For me, in many ways, it, it was a sense of accomplishment that we were that we got on an airplane and we went to the foothills of Tennessee. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing and who we were gonna be staying with. And it turned into one of the most beautiful experiences of, of our lives, I believe. And then to say, okay, we learned this, now let's, um, let's invite some people and let's teach them all about it and help them in their lives. And our oldest participant was 92 years old. And they were able to share their experiences with us as well. And it was interesting too, because it doesn't have to be, um, you know, like going on a five mile hike into, you know, an isolated area. There were people all around and very curious too, like asking, well, what's going on in here? What are you guys doing? Do we have to sign up for this? 
Um, the only thing I had with me was my knowledge and a plant. And we talked about the plants and talked about how, how we can change our lives through nature. And research shows that if you go into nature five hours a month, it shows significant health benefits. And that part we shared and carried on to our participants for the wellness retreat. And it was, it was just beautiful. And it just flowed. We were able to just get up there and, and just help other people. That's, that's a really good point. So what other ways or how can people experience forest therapy or forest bathing? And I do want to do want to add in that we did start our own forest therapy guide business. It's called Mindful Wanderings. So this is what the retreat was done through, but it can be done and experienced. Forest bathing can be experienced in other ways outside of just retreats. Yes. The most common way to experience forest therapy is to book an appointment with a forest therapy guide. There's under a thousand forest therapy guides in the world. And Lauren and I are proud to be a part of that. And what that entails is making an appointment. It takes about two hours. And it's a matter of um, meeting up. And uh, we go over the benefits of forest therapy, what to expect, um, using your five senses to experience nature. And it's a very simple process, but very, very powerful at the same time. And it's something that you can take with you once you've experienced a, a therapy session like i said four or five therapy sessions a month shows significant health benefits and these this is something that you can also do out on your own and we encourage that once you learn about forest therapy is to find a sit spot of your own and do that daily and then you'll right away see the difference in your mood, in your um, thinking process, in how you feel. To me, it's given me uh, a great amount of confidence in my own physical um, challenges that I've had since COVID. And in just the, in the people that we've been exposed to and that we've gotten to know and we've met, we all have the same goals in mind in helping our world to be a better place to live in a better place to be. You mentioned something a little bit ago about how this is not a vigorous five mile no. hike. So it is a very slow and deliberate practice. And sometimes one of the questions we get is why, why do I need a guide? Why can't I just go out and do this on my own? Which as, as my mom said, you absolutely can. But the role of having a guide is to offer participants that mindful walk experience and invite participants to slow down without putting the pressure on on the individuals. So similar to a yoga class, you can do yoga at home or you can go take yoga with a class with a certified instructor who will give you those prompts and invite you to have that time to slow down, to disconnect, to unplug and really drop into what you're experiencing. Some of the other ways that you can experience this, it can be done on a group walk setting or you could do a one-on-one -on -one walk with the Certified Forest Therapy Guide. Or we, couples. Or couples. We, we talked about the retreats. This is a great team building activity. So for any corporations, any businesses, it's a good opportunity for folks to come together and share their experiences, which helps you get to know one another a little bit more. 
Something else that we are going to be launching soon is on-demand forest therapy. So while we have been blessed to have the opportunity to live somewhere and experience nature, we understand that not everyone has that, that opportunity. You could be living in the middle of a city. You could be living somewhere where your schedule is just so busy. So we want to be able to make this accessible for as many people as possible. So this is a way for you to pick a time that works for you and then it'll be guided audio ways to connect with nature. So we're really looking forward to that. That's gonna be coming out. You mentioned the Soul Walk. So do you wanna talk a little bit about your experience on the Soul Walk? Yes, so the Soul Walk was part of our, our certification that we had to complete. And I was didn't know what I would do for four hours out in the woods. So just to do the, the forest therapy piece, um, because, you know, this was something that was part of our training and it was still very new to me. So I did pack up my backpack and I went out and took my, um, my stool with me. <clears throat> I went out by myself to a place close to my home. There was a busy park. There were, there were people walking around, but I did find an area that I felt drawn to and it was an amazing experience because part of the experiences, I just went through the senses that we guide other people to do and to be mindful of being there, even with the busyness going on around me, helps me to focus when I'm at work and I'm in my office. And it does really kind of help train my brain to, to not focus on the busyness that's going around me, but to focus on what my needs are and what I need to complete at that moment. So as I was sitting there, I was using my senses of sight and looking around for about 15 minutes. And the mindful piece is hard to describe. And so being a forest guide, that is part of what we do is to help you to be mindful and identify what mindfulness is. So when I was sitting there, I uh, used my sense of sight and being very, very mindful of the trees and the shapes and the shadows and, and where the leaves were and branches on the ground. And how did, you know, how did thousands of years ago, you know, native people lived on this earth and they didn't worry about whether or not we were going to have enough toilet paper or, you know, where their meal was coming from. They lived off the land and the land gave back to them. They gave back to the land. And it was profound for me to sit there and think about that and say, why am I worrying so much? I need to have more trust. I need to have more trust in myself and more trust with nature and the benefits of nature. So that was very powerful for me. And I used my sense of sound of touch, of smell. Uh, we do also have a point in our walks where we are very mindful of the earth and give back to the earth as the earth is given to us and continues to give to us every day in our food and in our health and what we need to do and our responsibilities are to give back to the earth, to, make, to keep it healthy. During our training, part of the training was, was thinking about the earth and where is it going to be in a, you know in the future and they were you know brought up that it would take i believe nine generations to get the earth back to being where it needs to be to be healthy so as i sat there i was very mindful of what what i was getting from nature 
And I was always also very aware of what I need to do to give back to nature, to keep this earth going for our, our grandchildren and, and generations to come. So those things, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to really stop long enough to let those thoughts come into my mind for me to actually act upon them. So for my slow walk, I did it on the Florida Trail, a, a portion of the Florida Trail that's near my home in Florida. And I did it on Mother's Day. And we had to do a journaling exercise. And looking back at this, it's ironic because not too long after this, I would find out that I was <laughs> pregnant. So I spent a lot of time just thinking about the women in my life who have surrounded me, who have helped me grow, who have supported me. And I actually, I came up with a poem out of my soul walk. So here's my poem that came from the inspiration and the connection with nature and just from where I was at this point in my life. It's called The Plant I Am. Deep in my heart, I know that it is so. I am a plant that needs air, light, and water to grow. To thrive, I need an open wide space where there is support all around. It is here that I can grow my roots deep into the ground. Keep me away from the bramble and brush. It keeps me from growing so very tall and lush. Within the brush, I struggle to find the light of day. This is not the place for me. Please clear it all away. I want to thrive. I want to grow. I want to extend up tall and show the world it is so. I want to grow for so much more than me, like those around with a need, like the ant and the bee. How badly I want to stretch my arms and dance in the breeze and in the warm air feel my heart start to unfreeze. Deep in the shadow, I fear I shall remain. Some days it is getting harder and harder to explain. Where can I grow and be my best in a place that is open and airy, but first I must pass the test. Once the test has come and gone, I know that then I can embrace a new dawn. I think it's interesting just from earlier in the conversation about the ways that nature has impacted both of us and your experience on your soul walk and then mine with the writing and the creativity. Mm -hmm. And the, the point of that is to say it, it connects with people in different ways, depending mm -hmm. on what it is that you need at the time. I, I will share one of the ways I've been using nature as, as therapy recently, now being pregnant with twin boys. Um, there's a lot of anxiety and stress and fear that goes along with that. So I've been making it a priority to go for walks, to spend time outside, and to really try to shut out all of that and focus on what I can and drop into that time of mindfulness so I can reduce my stress and do what's best for me and my health at this time. Well, that was beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So I do want to talk a little bit about dropping into that mindfulness that you're talking about. And after our retreat, we sent out a survey. And um, although we thought that we did cover what mindfulness was, some people still were very confused about what it is and how do you become mindful. And with a lot of um, people that I talk with now, that seems to be a very common thread is how do we become more mindful? And it's just not like going for a stroll in the, in the woods. This is being mindful of our surroundings and where we are and who we are in this world. And I really do believe that being a guide has helped me to even understand what, um, what the mindfulness and dropping in is that you have to be there and be present in that moment 
so that every, all the noise just kind of goes away. And I think that's the same, same goal they had in Japan in the 80s with the national health crisis, is they knew that they had to do something to make their nation healthier and came up with the forced bathing practice. And to me, it really does help me to clear my mind of all the, the, the noise that's, that seems to be there quite often and to focus on maybe what I've been needing in my life and have been so busy with life that I haven't been able to address those things. And doing the forest therapy guide, I know that I could, I, I know when I need to do it. I, I feel maybe I can't sleep or my anxiety is higher. Maybe my blood pressure is a little bit higher. And at times I can just take my little stool and go to a sit spot that I made by a fountain where I, near where I work. And I could just sit there even for 15 minutes and just take in the noise of the fountain and just breathe in the fresh air and be mindful of where I am. And it is definitely a practice, like Lauren um, was saying before, uh, much like yoga, it is a practice of, you know, knowing how to stretch, knowing how to um, position yourself and to practice the practice so that you will become able to decrease your anxiety, decrease your blood pressure and have all those benefits of being mindful and using nature to help you to achieve that. I am all about self-care and making time for things that bring you joy and that are good for you. So if someone wanted to get started with forced therapy to experience connecting with nature, what would they do? Well, I think they would, they could um, come to our website, Mindful Wanderings, and you can read about forest therapy and then uh, we can set up a forest therapy guided walk with you. There's the forest therapy school. That's where we want to get certified for forest therapy. There's all kinds of books on uh, forest bathing. I personally prefer Dr. Um, Ching Lee's books. From a nursing point of view and a healthcare worker point of view and a holistic nurse point of view, it seems to me that we're missing something very important that can help us to be much, much healthier in our lives. And I would also add in, go outside. Go outside. Go, go for a walk. <laughs> Even if you spend five minutes around green space or taking in deep breaths or noticing a flower or a cloud, that is a great way to just start the practice of mindfully connecting mm -hmm. to nature. And even if you can't take a walk, from my experience with our wellness retreat, there are people who can't take a walk. If you could just get yourself, even if you need assistance, even if you're in a wheelchair, get yourself to a window where you can see the sun shining, where you could see the clouds. I always said I wanted to live somewhere where there were blue skies and white puffy clouds, and that is Florida most of the time. And not to mention all the rainbows that we see constantly. But even um, for those people who can't go for walks, there are so many benefits you can still get from doing a sit spot. And even if, like I said, it's in a wheelchair or if you have a walker um, with a seat on it, just getting out your door if you're able to or opening a window or um, like I had a plant with me that I now moved to my office 
that I can smell the earth and the dirt. And, and it's not so much about being able to, you know, go on these big walks out on this hiking journey. It's just sitting quietly and dropping into that mindful place where it's you and your senses and using nature to activate that. And those benefits will come. We would love to answer any questions for you. If you are curious about forest bathing or what a walk would look like, please reach out to us. We are so looking forward to bringing this to more people and helping people connect with nature. Another option is a virtual forest therapy walk. So one of the things that we can do is set up a Zoom call or a virtual meeting where it could be from anywhere in the world, you could be anywhere, and we'll help facilitate that experience for you virtually. Yes, and that's very beneficial too because a lot of this is training and, and experiences that you can have in so many ways. It's not something that you have to, like I said um, before, to put on a heavy backpack and go out into the woods and experience, you know, um, solitude. That's not what this is. So we would love to help anyone who's interested. Please reach out to us. Um, but in the meantime, get outside, yes. take a look at the sky, find a flower, invite you to notice the different shades of green that you see or different shades of orange or yellow, depending on where you are in the nation. Yes, and also just an FYI, uh, if you do have like uh, Netflix, you could also look up Forest Therapy on YouTube. You could look up Forest Therapy on, on your television. I searched uh, Forest Therapy and there's a beautiful forest and then there's somebody kind of giving you a, a guided meditation tour. So there's different ways if you're interested and curious that you can kind of take a peek at it and, and then let us know if you're interested in learning more. I think that there's a lot of people that are needing to have this in their lives now and the benefits are tremendous. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them. Encourage them to like and follow this podcast so they know when new episodes are launching. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon.